Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And you might have just seen that we've announced our first speakers for Tribe Live 2022, which in case you you missed the announcement a few weeks ago is going to be a full weekend of Vegan Business Tribe live at the London Olympia in November as part of VegFest UK. And so far, we've been able to confirm that we'll have Thibaut Gernat, who is the Growth and Sustainability Manager for Minor Figures Oat Milk, and he's going to be talking about how Minor Figures took on Oatly. But also speaking, we'll be the founders of some of the UK's best-known vegan businesses, including Mike Hill from One Planet Pizza and Steve Swindon from Love Satan, who will be talking about their scaling-up journeys. We're also really thrilled that we're going to be joined by Louisiana Waring, the Senior Insight Officer at the Vegan Society, and she'll be talking about the next big trends in the vegan sector, and that's just going to be a completely unmissable session. But we're also going to be joined on stage by some of our amazing Vegan Business Tribe members for the weekend, and that includes Jim Moore. And if you're a podcasting fan, you you will know Jim as the host of the long-running Bloody Vegans podcast. And Jim will be running a live session on how to produce your own vegan podcast. And also joining us will be the unforgettable Sue Joyce of Little Green Pigeon Rescue Centre, or Pigeon Sue as all of our members know her. And Sue will be taking part in a panel session about the realities of running and funding an animal sanctuary. At this point, though, I'd also like to give a huge shout out to Keith Lesser of Vegan Accountants, who have stepped up as our partner and sponsors of Vegan Business Tribe Live. And Keith will also be one of our speakers. And Keith and his team, I am sure that they'll also be around all weekend to give advice and accountancy advice or business advice or even life advice to anybody running a vegan business. And if you want to find out more about vegan accountants, and we're really appreciative that they have come on board as our sponsor for this event, then go check out veganaccountants.co.uk. And that's just our first announcement of speakers. And we've got a lot more people that we're working on at the moment who we want to speak at the weekend and we hope to announce soon. Just a reminder, though, that if you are a Vegan Business Tribe member, then you can also take one of the stands in our Vegan Business Tribe village at the Expo. And Tribe Live, it's part of VegFest UK, which is the biggest vegan consumer show here in the UK. So we are subsidising 12 stands for our Vegan Business Tribe members at the show to the tune of a £300 discount per stand. Now, 
We've only got four of those stands left. So if you've been getting the emails about taking a stand, but you haven't registered yet, then I would suggest that you do so now before they've all gone. Okay, so keep an eye on the website for more updates on Vegan Business Tribe Live. And remember, it's the support of our members that means we're in the position to attempt such a big event. We're not getting any ticket sales from this. So if you are a regular listener to this podcast and you want to support our mission to help just skill up the vegan business scene, then head over to veganbusinesstribe.com, click on the join button on the homepage, and you'll see all the benefits you get to being a member and how you can support us too. We are so grateful to our VPT members for all their continued support. And joining us will mean that you will be part of the most amazing community of vegan business owners you would ever want to meet. Okay, so this week we're talking about something that might seem a little unusual at first, but we're going to talk about how to fail. Now, I know that I kick off this podcast every week by saying we're going to help you have a successful vegan business. But for most of us, failing plays a huge part in that success. Have you ever played Wordle? Now, stick with me on this one. But Wordle is the word game that went viral. And then the New York Times bought it from the programmer for a million dollars. And it's a simple game where you have to guess a random five-letter word. And you start by entering your first guess. And Wordle tells you if any of the letters are right. So if you've got a right letter, but it's in the wrong place, then it marks that letter as yellow. If you've got a right letter in the right place, then it marks it as green. And you've got six guesses to work out what that word is. And the thing about Wordle is that your first guess will be wrong, but you will learn something about what the right answer is from that guess. And even if you don't get a single letter in that first guess, you will have learned what letters are not in the answer. Your second guess, that's likely to be wrong too. But again, you will learn a bit more about what the right answer is by getting it wrong. And that's how the game is designed to be played. It's not designed to be won on the first attempt. It's a game of failing until you work out the right answer. And that's the same with business. I know very few people, in fact, possibly no one, who has come up with a business idea, gone and done the idea, and it's just worked. That would be like getting Wordle right on your first guess. It would just be a pure fluke. But most people approach business thinking that they are going to get it wholly right on that first try. What most people actually do with their business is they go through a series of failures, each time learning something valuable until they have enough information to make something successful. And if you meet anybody who has a successful business, ask them about the ideas that they tried 
before that business and then just sit back and listen to their long list of failures. Go listen to How I Built This with Guy Raz, which is a podcast from NPR Radio, which interviews successful business founders about the real story behind their success. And every episode you will be treated to a chronicle of failed ideas, dead ends and missteps that the entrepreneur went through before they learned enough to build the thing that worked. Huge brands like Airbnb and Starbucks, they didn't just pop out of the ground fully formed. They were the result of a string of failed ideas. But each one taught the founders something new about where success actually laid. Everybody thinks that Beyond Meat has been an overnight success story in the plant-based sector, but they were trading for at least 10 years before you heard of them. And this is because before you launch a business, every decision you take, any product that you design, any brand that you come up with, it's just a guess. Now, it's your best guess, but it's based on your life experience to date. And if you have never run a business before, or if you're launching into a sector that you don't have a lot of experience in, then there's a very high chance that those guesses will be completely wrong. If you're lucky, just like playing Wordle, you might get one right letter, but it's probably going to be in the wrong place. It's not until you launch your business that you will find out just how good your guess was. And it's not until you get your products into the hands of a customer that you will start to learn what you got right and what you didn't. So if we know this, if we know that the business or the new product that we launch, it won't be right straight out of the box, that it's likely that our assumptions about what customers want is going to be wrong, then we should build our businesses with that in mind. When I interviewed Chris Kong, who is one of the founders of Tempeh manufacturer Better Nature, and I interviewed him for the Scale Up video series, which sits in our members section, he said that the goal of any entrepreneur should be to try and kill their idea as soon as possible. Because why spend three or even five years of your life working on something that is destined to be a dead end? And you will have probably heard that concept echoed in the business phrase, fail fast. If you know that you don't have all the answers, then you need to prove or disprove a new idea as soon as possible before you stake everything on it. But I'm going to tag an extra bit on that phrase, fail fast. And that is that you also want to fail cheap. Now, I got a really good bit of advice early on in my career, which was that you should only ever put money into something that you have proven works to make it work better. And I'll say that again. You should only ever put money into something that you have proven works to make it work better better. It's why you will struggle to find investors if you are a new business, unless you've got an incredible record of success with your previous businesses. 
investors are looking to invest in businesses that have already proven an idea with paying customers validating the concept. They're expecting you to spend your own money and energy first to work it all out, to get those expected failures out of the way before then they'll put their own money in to help you take that proven idea to the next level. And one of the first things that you will see happen when a company gets investment is they rebrand. Because at that point, they've worked out what their place is in the market and what their brand needs to be to speak to their customers. So now putting money into branding, once they've worked all that out and proven the business model, now that becomes a sound investment. If you spend lots of money on developing a brand and a website and even developing your product before you've even proven the idea, then you may as well take that money down to the casino and just pick a number on the roulette table because you probably get better odds. So let's translate all this. What does that practically mean to us as business owners? Well, You might have heard a concept called a minimal viable product or an MVP. And this is a business methodology popularized by Eric Ries in his book, The Lean Startup. And the aim of launching a minimum viable product is to avoid doing unnecessary work on something before knowing if it's going to work out or not. Money isn't your only important resource in a business. And sometimes it's not actually the most important one. Your energy is a resource. Your motivation is a resource. And you want to make sure that they're not used up on possible dead ends. So the concept of a minimal viable product or an MVP is to create the most basic version of your product or idea so that you can get it into the hands of potential customers quickly, just to see if it works or not. And if it doesn't, then you have just learned something really important to apply to the next version of your idea or product. And you haven't spent loads of time, money and energy on something that would have been a flop. Take a look at Vegan Business Tribe. We started VBT off completely for free because Lisa and I, we wanted to prove the idea before we committed our time to it. We wanted to prove that there was a market out there for vegan business advice and that we could actually convince people to sign up for an account on a website before we took time away from our other businesses to develop it. So we built a very simple website and we used a Facebook advert to send people to it to see if they would sign up. We spent just a few hundred pounds trying out the idea. And I'm glad that we did. Because our original idea of what Vegan Business Tribe was going to be, it was very different to what it turned out our members actually wanted from us. We thought that people would pay to receive regular great business advice in an email every week, when in fact, the advice and the content that we were producing, that was just our marketing. It's what brought people to us. What our members were actually looking for was a community, 
And that took longer to understand and longer to build. But had we have gone all in with what we thought Vegan Business Tribe was going to be on day one, we'd have spent a load of money, time and our energy on something that just didn't quite work. And we would have likely been put off trying to do it again. So this is the advice that I give to all our members who come to us who haven't launched yet. I tell them to not spend all that time on their websites and their brand and just to get their product into the hands of people as quickly as possible, spending as little as they can to do it. Before you invest in that amazing packaging just wrap your products in brown paper and see if you can sell them at your local vegan market first because if you cannot prove the concept at a market stall with customers standing right there in front of you then you've not got an idea that works and no amount of spending on branding or marketing is going to change that Instead of spending thousands of pounds on a new website to launch your new online membership, can you make it work in a Facebook group first? And if so, then what learnings can you take away from that to then dictate what your website needs to be able to do instead of having to build that website twice? Once before you launch, and then second, a few months down the line, when you realise that all your assumptions were wrong. Instead of launching your store on the high street, with all the expense of getting it fitted out and committing to a three-year lease, instead do a series of pop-up shops first, just to learn about what kinds of customers you attract. Before you go away and spend all that time writing your book or an online course, test out if you can actually get people just to turn up to a live online seminar on the topic first to see if there's actually any interest in that topic. And if there isn't, then keep tweaking. Tweak the topic or tweak your message or how you promote the seminar until you learn how to get people interested in it first. Thomas Edison and his team, they tested out over 3,000 different concepts before they found out how to make a viable light bulb, learning a little something new from each burnt out filament. And if we approach our business in the same way, knowing that failing is usually the route to succeeding, then we should minimise the amount of resources that we put into each test, saving them for when we've worked it all out and have a proven idea that works. Doing this, however, requires keeping a degree of flexibility in your business. No matter how far you are with your business right now, you have to stay open to what your business might become. The huge success which will allow your business to make a real impact on the world, that might be found in a tangent to what you are doing now. Seth Tibbet, who is the founder of vegan food giant Tofurky, he spent years trying to sell tempeh with moderate success. But it wasn't until he gave in to the consumer demand for tofu that he then discovered the right blueprint to create a business that now turns over somewhere in the region of 50 million US dollars a year. 
Starbucks, they started out just selling coffee beans for people to make coffee at home. And it took them a decade to realise that if they just started adding some boiling water to those beans and gave those customers a seat to sit down, then they had an entirely more profitable business on their hands. That's why all businesses need to keep testing. And by doing that testing as efficiently and quickly as possible, you'll get used to embracing each failure as just being one step closer to working it all out. Each time something doesn't work out the way you thought it would, that's a really important learning. So embrace it. Be glad that you found out quickly and cheaply instead of dragging it out over several years and investing thousands of pounds into something that was never really going to work. But then work out exactly what you did learn from it. What piece of a jigsaw did that experience just fill in to give you a better understanding of the business you are building? How much closer did that failure get you to the idea that's going to really work? And this is important. Don't just try things out randomly and not track what the results are. You need to learn so that you know what to change for your next test. So if you are trying out advertising or maybe a new promotion method, you need to know if those adverts get you any customers. So you need to use a coupon code unique to that promotion that you can track. If you're launching a new product, then do take it to your local fair or market and get people to try it while you're there and see what their reactions are. Do people actually get excited by a new gluten-free vegan cupcake? That's not an assumption you can afford to make, especially now when you can pick one up in most supermarkets from the free-form aisle. You can't assume that what you think will make your products different is something that your consumer actually cares about. If you've got a tech product, then make sure you're collecting all the metrics of how people interact with your minimal viable product. Are they using the features you thought they would in the way you expected? How can you get them to leave feedback and tell you what's wrong with it instead of just deleting the app? Remember, Building a business can be like carrying out a series of lab tests. You are trying to prove or disprove a concept before you put more time and resources into it. And you should never stop doing this. No matter how much you think you've worked it all out or how successful your business gets, trends change. New products enter the marketplace. Consumer behaviour evolves. New problems arise that need to be solved. And as your business does get bigger, that just gives you access to more resources to be able to test something even quicker, to roll out a new feature, to test a new recipe, or to try a pop-up in a new location, to learn about what kinds of customers you would attract in that area instead, and if they are different to the ones you attract now. Fail fast, fail cheap, learn, change, and then test again.
Okay, so let's just run through what we've just learned about how to fail, but in a good way. So number one, it's very unlikely that your first ideas in business will work out like you think they're going to. Any decisions that you make before you get your product into the hands of a customer, it's just a guess. Two, almost every successful business that you see is a result of a string of failures and missteps where the business owners were just trying to work it all out. Make it a habit to listen to honest founder stories, such as on NPR's How I Built This, and it will make you view how most businesses are built in a whole new light. Three, as Chris Kong from Better Nature Tempeh said, the goal of any entrepreneur should be to try and kill their idea as soon as possible. Why spend three or even five years of your life on something that is destined to be a dead end? Prove a concept before you put your time, energy and money into it. Four, embrace the idea of an MVP or a minimal viable product. Take a prototype of your product to a market and see if you can sell it there first before you even build a website for it. Do a pop-up shop to see what kind of customers you attract before signing a lease on a store. See if you can get people to a free online seminar on a topic before you sink a couple of months into creating that online course. Five, doing this means you'll also have to keep an open mind about what your business might become. Many of the successful businesses that I know, they started off doing something else and they changed when they learned something new or discovered a new opportunity. And usually that was through testing. And six, each time something doesn't quite work out the way you thought it would, that's a really important learning. So embrace it. Be glad that you found out quickly and cheaply that that thing didn't work instead of dragging it out over several years. But make sure that you do actually learn. Make sure that you've got a way of getting feedback or measuring metrics instead of just trying things at random. And that is it. So if you're in this position where you're getting everything ready, where you're trying to make it all perfect before you launch your business, then recognize that that's just a delaying tactic. Don't wait until it's perfect because at the moment, you're probably just making it perfect for yourself, not for your customer. So skip ahead a few steps, get it out now and take what you learn to make it better. So thank you for joining us on this one. And just a reminder to make sure that you do check out the website at veganbusinesstribe.com if you want to get involved with our amazing community of other vegan businesses who want to help you succeed. And if you want to talk to myself and Lisa about your vegan business, then at the moment, we're still doing a welcome one-to-one with every new member who joins us on our £12.99 a month tier. Now, we've had a lot of new members since the new year, and we're not sure if it's going to be sustainable in the long term to keep doing welcome one-to-ones. But for now, 
If you sign up this month at least, then you'll get a link to our diary to book in a free session with myself and Lisa, just to welcome you to the tribe and find out more about your business and how we might be able to help. But it also means that you'll get full access to all our online events, our member networking, which is now three times a month to cover all the different time zones and everything else that you also get access to as a member. And you can go read about all that on the website. So thank you for your time. Lisa and I, we always really appreciate you giving up your time to listen every single week. And I will see you on the next one.